Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. These podcasts are brought to you in part by our sponsors, who really truly are what make these podcasts possible every week. O'Fallon Nutrition is a company that I've worked with for over 15 years. They're independently owned and operated, located here in O'Fallon, Missouri, right off of Highway K and Mexico Road. I call this place the Whole Foods of St. Charles County, but even if you are not located on this side of the river, it is still worth the drive. I can remember working all the way down at Powerhouse and still sending people out to O'Fallon Nutrition for their supplements. They are more than a supplement company. You can get grass-fed beef, salad dressing, seasoning for your cooking, uh, hair care products, makeup, uh, deodorant, toothpaste, uh, essential oils, and all the vitamins and minerals that you can think of. If you're looking for clean, whole food nutrition, as well as home care, house care, skin care products, O'Fallon Nutrition is your place. You can take a look at them at O'FallonNutrition.com. Or if you'd like to have something shipped, if you're listening to me from outside of St. Louis, you can certainly have items shipped. I know they do free shipping if it's an order over $50. And the phone number is 636-240-5283. Again, it's O'FallonNutrition.com. As well as if um, preparing your food on a weekly basis is your primary excuse for why you're not able to stay on a good clean eating program, which is something that I hear very regularly from my clients, I would ask you to please take the time to check out Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com. They are a phenomenal place. We get our food from there during the week. They deliver to our integrity location. They will deliver to your house. Uh, They also uh, are just available for pickup. You can go to their Chesterfield location or their Kirkwood location and just pick up meals for the day as well as um, just having them delivered right to your door. So if preparing your food is your main excuse for why you cannot stay on a healthy eating program, then I would suggest just stop by Pure Plates. Just try it. If you're trying to lower your blood pressure, you're trying to lower your cholesterol, you're trying to get your blood sugar down, try to do Pure Plates meals for a week and just see how different you feel. These are organic meals. They are gluten-free. If you need them to be, they can be dairy-free. They are soy-free. You're not taking any processed sugars or meat curing agents or preservatives. They really truly believe in nutrient dense meals that are just whole food nutrition. And I've had my clients or have made recommendations for my clients for years at Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com or you can call them to ask questions at 636-778-3555. Again, remembering that they have a location in Chesterfield as well as in Kirkwood that you can just run by and pick up a meal today is um, protein and how much is too much and how much is too little and I have a really good uh, article on it but I'm going to expand on it myself so um, <clears throat> the article is is from Dr. Mark Hyman and so I, I can certainly share the information but if you just want to go out and research protein and uh, you know how much protein should I have Dr. Mark Hyman would be a great person to research it Right. That's a good one. That's really good. Yeah. He talked about that book a little bit during my certification. He might've been in the process of writing it. And so he like, he referred to it a bit. Yeah. That, What's it called? Food. Food. What the heck should I eat? 
And doesn't he have a cookbook with it too? Or I think he has a new cookbook that's attached to it. I think it's a pretty great cookbook that, I, from what I've heard. What I liked, what I like about Mark Hyman is that he doesn't just go this like anti-meat route automatically to where he's like, the only way to be healthy is if you're only on a plant-based diet. You know what I mean? I, I think there are people that do great on a plant-based diet. And then I think there are people that do terrible on a plant-based diet. And then I think there are people that do great on a happy medium between the two. You know what I mean? So uh, I love that he explores all of those options. So he's a good person to research. Um, I like this though. It says protein has become an emotionally charged macronutrient that no one wants to talk about. The debate of plant-based versus animal-based sources has divided us. While carbs and fat have taken center stage as the most important nutrients to watch for good health. But protein deserves some attention. After all, it's derived from the Greek word protos, which means first a nod to its long understood benefits for human health. Protein provides us with the building blocks of life, helping us make muscle, connective tissue, hair, blood, enzymes, neurotransmitters, and more. Clearly it's important that we're eating enough of this essential macronutrient if we feel we wanna be strong, energized, and healthy. But many of us are not getting enough protein in our diets. The RDA or recommended dietary allowance is 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. To easily calculate your RDA for protein, just multiply your weight in pounds by 0.36. For someone who is 150 pounds, that would be 54 grams of protein. Just kind of remember that because I'm gonna come back to that. Just remember that 54 grams of protein for a 150 pound person, okay? It was, let me read, read it. It's um, 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. So to easily calculate your own RDA, just multiply your weight in pounds by 0.36. The catch is that the RDA is the minimum amount of protein needed to avoid getting sick, okay? Um, not the amount needed for optimal health. So that's kind of why I was telling you, just remember it's at 150 pounds and 54 grams, okay? Bless you, yeah. Research shows several different benefits for eating more than that, more than that minimum amount. For example, some studies suggest protein intake above the RDA could support bone mineral density and reduce the uh, risk of fractures. <laughs> then there's the fact that the natural loss of muscle and strength as we age is correlated to all, um, all cause morality and linked to the incidence of many chronic diseases like cardiovascular disease, uh, stroke, hypertension, insulin resistance, and type two diabetes. To make matters worse, these diseases increase protein degradation and reduce our ability to synthesize skeletal muscle creating an even higher demand for protein. For these reasons, it's especially important to eat protein as we age. If you wanna learn about a protein-rich diet, check out my recent podcast, and this is just uh, one of Mark Hyman's podcasts, but still, I'm gonna mention it to you, with Gabrielle Lyon, L-Y-O-N. And Dr. Lyon's focus is muscle-centric medicine, so this would be maybe a good person to follow. It's Gabrielle Lyon, L-Y-O-N, muscle-centric medicine. She believes we should all be eating a lot more protein and explains why throughout our talk. Uh, we also get the benefits of animal protein versus, they got into the benefits of animal protein versus plant-based protein sources. 
um, and just the topic of sustainable protein, you know, and all the different options that you have out there, which I'll talk to you about too. Um, no matter what your protein preference is, I hope that you um, find this information helpful. Now, what I like to explain to people is I never really sit down and try to calculate. So I rarely do the weight calculation scenario. Um, so let's see, I'm, I'm a hundred, I usually range between 125 and 130 pounds. So let's say I'm at my heaviest, which would be 130 pounds, okay? And it's saying that I should take 130 pounds time point, times 0.36. So that would say I should have 46.8 grams of protein, okay? So just so you know, four ounces of ground turkey is 30 grams of protein. Okay, so if I had four ounces of ground turkey at lunch and I had four ounces of ground turkey at dinner, I would have 60 grams of protein, right? And that's not even including my breakfast. And then if I have nuts, that's not even including the protein that's in the nuts. It's not even including any of the protein that's in the veggies. So it's telling me that I should only have, at that calculation, the recommended daily allowance, it's telling me I should only have 46 grams. That's a major minimum. So don't go that way. Don't do that. That's not the way to do it. Don't do the calculation way. Do the see how you feel way first. I'm not telling you that you can't try to calculate macros and that it isn't an, it isn't an effective route. It is, but try to see how you feel. So what are we looking for and how you feel? After your meal, do you feel foggy? Do you feel tired? Or do you feel hungry? And if you do, of course, that could be an imbalance of carbs. But if you've gotten yourself to a place to where you know, okay, well, I know I can't have a full cup of oatmeal every day. I know I need to have just a small cup of berries, right? If you've learned how those things teach you, and now you're trying to go back and forth on how much protein you should have, you can still get hungry from too much protein because it will convert to glucose the same way that the carbs will. Okay, so it could cause hunger because it's stimulating and causing an insulin response the same way the carbs would. Now, another reason, yep. So when you say you can go too much foggy, too much tired, too much hungry, like right after you eat or after yeah. within, within the hour after, you know, but boy, if it's right after, you had too much. You know, because you're kind of like almost, you're soaring up and then you're kind of almost trying to like completely collapse right back down, okay? Now, if you, you could still have hunger if you're having too little, okay? So there's that toss up. So what I normally tell someone when I first meet with them, if it was this bank of females, right? I'm not even gonna consider John right now, okay? But if it was this bank of females, what I would tell each of you is let's try three to five ounces of, of protein. On your diet plan that I would write down, I would write down three to five. You know, maybe Alondra and I have worked with each other for a year and a half, so I might tell her, I think you should do five. Or I might tell her, I think you should do three. Because uh, we've done this, we've learned a little bit. But then again, a couple months later, I might go, mm, what you're telling me is making me think you're having too much of that. And I literally might back her down to three. Because remember that one time you kind of had that afternoon, like, you were having that afternoon lull, you know, and so we were kind of like pulling things and doing different things to see what was going to keep her from having that crash. And I took protein into consideration just as much as I did carbs, you know, so 
Protein in excess is not a good thing, but too little protein is not a good thing either, all right? But then we kind of have to factor in what is our output, all right? And how much muscle do we possess? So, I mean, I mean, are we walking around with, with any muscle, you know? Or do we just have, I was listening to Dave Asprey this morning and he was talking about how people will calculate how much protein they should have, but they don't realize that like the body weight, like if you still need to lose a hundred pounds, you can't calculate that hundred pounds, right? I mean, we're not, you know, we're not eating to feed the, the, the fat that we need to lose. We got to kind of eat to feed that muscle tissue. Do you know what I'm saying? So that is when it really wouldn't be a bad idea to attempt to get your body fat tested. Okay. But the reality is it's still going to fall kind of for, for you ladies, it's still going to kind of fall in between that three to five ounce ratio right? So you don't have to have my fitness pal to show you that you could try three ounces with the right amount of vegetables, the right amount of fat. Okay. And then you could try four ounces at a different meal the next day or something like that. And just see how you feel, you know, how are you digesting it? Does it feel like it's like, Oh gosh, you know, I mean, I'm stuck. It's, it's like a big blob. Don't automatically assume it's too much. If you do that, maybe we need something to help you break it down. Alondra and I both take betaine, which we've talked about before. That helps us to break down our meat better. You know, I know several clients that have to take that. Maybe it's not that you're getting too much. Maybe it's that you just truly need something to help you break it down. On your days that you meet with your trainer, maybe the five ounce servings make sense. But on the days that you're just kind of hanging out at home, you three ounce servings is going to probably be plenty. You just probably are not going to need that the same way. I would tell you, you probably don't need a sweet potato on those days. You're probably not going to use it, you know, so why have it? You know, your body just really probably doesn't need it. And, and intervaling kind of back and forth with some of those things can really help you to maintain your weight. When we get stuck or locked yesterday, I met with a client that started ordering meals, not from pure place, but from another place. And she had not had sweet potato the entire time she met with me but someone suggested the meals and I guess she didn't even like think sweet potato. That's not like green beans, right? So she started having it for lunch and dinner every day. And she had done that for the three weeks. And when I saw her, she looked like a beefcake. I mean, not bad, but muscular. Like she was filled out and um, she did not like that at all. Like that's not how she wanted to look. I thought she looked great. That's not how she wanted to look though. She wants to be ripped and like shredded and skinny. And I'm like, well, you just added sweet potato twice a day, you know? And it was like, light bulb. like I, I didn't even think about that. But then she also increased her protein from three ounce servings. Those meals were five ounce servings. Okay. So she added the starch and then she adds two ounces. Well, I mean, you're, you're adding a lot of grams of protein onto your day. And I don't think that most people know really how many of the grams they're getting when you're eating. Literally all I do is I go to my Google bar and I say, how many grams of protein are in four ounces of chicken? And it, I do it every time, you know, 31 grams in four ounces. That's a lot of protein, you know, I mean, and so five ounces is going to be more than that. You know, so you've got to think, do I really need five ounce servings? I mean, is it necessary? Am I for sure getting enough fat to sustain me in the meal? And am I really eating enough vegetables to truly make me feel full? Because like a scoop of collagen is like 14 grams. 
Uh, it's it's you should be more like ten. You should be like ten for one scoop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yes, if it was going to be for for lunch or for dinner, you would use the collagen. Now, one thing that's a little different about the collagen is that you don't have the same types of risks that you do with animal protein. Meaning, if it isn't grass-finished beef, you know all the different cardiovascular issues that can come up because they're grain-fed. There's immune issues that can come up. Then we have the hormonal issues that can come up from chicken and turkey that isn't organic. Uh, the hormonal issues that can come up from eggs that are not organic. So that collagen, it it frees you from any of those scenarios. So that's why maybe you don't go strictly plant-based, but maybe you say for one of my meals, I'm not going to have meat. I'm going to have collagen and it's incredibly beneficial for you. Hey, maybe one of my two, maybe two of my meals, I'll have collagen and see how I feel. And then, and I, but I normally have the hamburger once a day. I do three ounces of it, I do it once a day, and I do it with like almost an entire package of those riced vegetables. I find I'm too full if I do a whole package. Well, the grass-finished beef, does that, will that affect someone that has hot cholesterol? Is it good to have that grass-finished? It has to be, gra you're gonna want grass-finished. Or should I, they even eat the red meat? No, I wouldn't really be terribly concerned about it. I think that you don't probably wanna eat it every day, um, but I don't have high cholesterol and I eat it every single day. But I'm also an old blood type. It's highly beneficial for me. I always get the grass finished. I never pair it with sweet potato or brown rice or like I don't, I'm not an insulin burning person. You know, so my body's really well adapted to fat. If this is a person that eats white potatoes at lunch, you know, be careful with it because they're probably insulin sensitive. So they're probably gonna be more of an insulin burner. So they're very likely to still store because their body's just so hypersensitive all the time. So you gotta be careful with that. Um, but again, now like with beef, just so you know, how many grams of protein are in four ounces of grass finished beef? Sometimes it talks back to me and sometimes it doesn't, I don't know for whatever reason. I bet it's because I said grass finished beef. It just doesn't even want to, it doesn't know how to, you know. So it's 157 calories. Um, this is four ounces. It says grass fed ground beef. And um, protein is 24 grams. So wouldn't you think that beef would be higher than chicken and turkey? Right? Yes, then the right. I just remember that always like surprising me, you know, so I can go. Yeah. Yeah. So you, um, let's see, I was going to say calcium is 0.3%. Iron is 14% obviously with beef. Um, you, you got to test the waters for you. Okay. I do a little bit better on a little bit lower amounts of protein, meaning I can keep my weight down if I'm not having a super high amount of protein. Uh, I don't look overweight when I have more, but I also look fuller, like that lady said she didn't wanna look, you know? And a lot of people might look at that full look and say, well, that's what I'm going for. You know what, I wanna look fuller. 
It's just some of us don't want to look like that. Some of us want to look leaner and smaller. We kind of all want what we can't have, right? We all want what we don't have. So, uh, it, but what I think is, is if that's making me fuller like that, um, I don't think that I'm at my premium then. Like, I don't, I don't think my body needs that much. I think I'm taking in more than what my body actually needs. I really do. Uh, so we have to consider how much muscle does a person have so we might up our percentages to protect that muscle and to maintain that muscle. But what we do not want to do, and this is what is so over communicated, is over consume protein just because we think it's going to build muscle. Okay, so I cannot tell you how many females come into me and they're consuming 100 to 120 grams of protein in a day. And they are constipated and like they, you just, so, they're showing so many signs of inflammation and they read that in a bodybuilding magazine that that's what they should, that's what they should consume. You know, right after the workout, you have to have the shake and then, you know, right before bed, you have to have the other shake and then, you know, there's all these things, you know, it's just not, it's not a healthy approach. You know, it really isn't. My daughter's boyfriend is 21 and he's different. Oh, and right. Yeah. Right. 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 And all that protein, it just becomes more. I mean, your body realistically can only break down so much. It can only digest so many grams. And for a female like us, I personally don't think it's going to digest much more than 35 grams in one sitting. I think you're gonna have excess and then that's gonna store. You know, so of course we have that day that we go ahead and have the bone-in ribeye. Who doesn't, right? We, all, we go ahead and have the whole thing. That, I get it. There's always going to be that day. But on the average, when you're prepping your food for the week, I would truly try to see, could you stay around 60? Could you stay around 65? You know, could you stay between 55 and 70? Might not be a bad idea to kind of try that a little bit and see how you do. Even as we get older, do that too. Don't worry. Do we need more? I, I would say 60 would be a really safe spot to right. be. I really, yeah, 60 grams. And that's considering that I know how much you work out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that I would tell every 60 year old that because they may not be in the gym as much as you are, you know? So, um, and it isn't just cardio, you know what I mean? I mean, yes, the cardio helps a lot, but the weight training, it, that protein starts to increase your nitrogen balance and the weight training starts to utilize that nitrogen balance, you know, and it makes you stronger and the muscles, it's like fuel for the muscles. So if you are increasing the protein or if you are going to have a day where you're going to have a little bit in excess, I'd try to use it as best as you can, but I wouldn't manually feed that on purpose because I don't think you need it. And I think you're going to spill it. And I don't, I don't think it's going to be effective for you. Okay. Yeah. So, so like back from our very first class, it was, we talked about three to four ounces yep. of meat, a meal, as many vegetables as we want. Yep. You know, we talked about what kind of vegetables and always a fat, but I don't know. And because like I did keto before, which is like such a weird ratio. Right, there, like right. What 
should that fat ratio look like when you're looking at this much? Just that type of balance. I mean, it's really going to look at a drizzle of olive oil or a couple tablespoons of avocado or a serving of maybe a dressing. You know, one of the dressings that we have or the mayonnaise, a serving, which is going to be like, I believe a serving might be a tablespoon, you know. Like per meal? Mm-hmm. And you're going to pick one of those. And the tough thing is, is that you cannot do the primal dressing and avocado on your salad. Yeah. And nuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, boom, boom, boom. We just had triple the fat. And I, I honestly think I have that coming up in like two weeks where we talk about that. Like the layers of fat and like how much to have and how much not to have, you know, and where you're having too much and not to overdo it. But... Well, when I sent you that picture of like this meal plan, and I was reading through it, and I was like, "Well, that's wrong." And that, you right, know, like, right. None of that is, and that's what it was. It was yeah. layering all this. Fat. Yes. And the other thing that I've learned, like when I take out carbs, and then I like have a nervous breakdown, and I'm like, I need something, you know. But what I've learned is like, I can eat a white potato, and and stay right on track. Then, like, if I ate a bunch of bread or I went in and I ate cake or, you know, right, so like, right, staying away from out, sugar, yeah, yes, I yes, out that, that my body does not react to, to that, right, that, the way it reacts to the others, so and everyone cake, has to figure that out yeah, for themselves, and you I know. I feel so much better, like, I, I almost don't even, I don't notice, like, if my husband makes, you know, he'll make potatoes with dinner or something, and if I have a little of it, it doesn't make it impact you, okay, but if I what I noticed it the most is we like to go to Red Robin a lot, and when I stopped eating any of the bread or fries, how good I felt. Oh, I right. Eat. Oh, gosh, because I, I could walk out you're not having like the run, peanut you know? oil. I mean, yeah. there's so many factors to that. It isn't just potatoes. You're not having the peanut oil. You're not having yeah. the bad ingredients, the yeah. gluten, you know, all that. I can't believe, like, and I notice it there more than I notice it anywhere else. Sure. It's just like, good. man, I feel so good when good. I eat the broccoli. And That's, the good. Whatever. That's good. That's good. And, you know, Debbie, we all you just need to know that you're you just need to realize that you're tasting the oil so if you've cooked it and you can genuinely tell that you've consumed oil if you're eating that cabbage and you can taste the taste of that olive oil great but if you roasted broccoli and I mean, it tastes delicious, but you really don't taste any oil. I mean, a lot of that oil cooks off, so you really might need to still add some fat to that meal to make sure you're getting enough. You know, a lot of times in roasting, just a drizzle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just a light drizzle. Yep. Okay, and then the next thing I wanted to talk about was just helping you. I just, and I won't go off on a huge tangent on this, but I want you to understand when I say or when people say it's a nutrient-dense food and that you should be seeking nutrient density in your foods what we're explaining or what we're saying is that it has such quality ingredients that it will be very slow to convert to sugar all right so if you were having a sophie's muffin and we couple we paired we had a sophie's muffin here and we had a hostess muffin here you know the mini blueberry muffins or whatever <laughs> Right, exactly. But you know, to the lay person, they don't know, it's a muffin's a muffin, right? I mean, it's like, well, you got a muffin. And then you see chocolate chips and you're like, oh, it's a muffin, you know, so you don't know. But the difference, why this one is so nutrient dense is because the flour, I mean, the flour is made from almonds. 
It's not going to spike a person's blood sugar. It's actually just a really good quality fat source. Then it's made with coconut oil. So that fat is going to, again, go a long ways to sustain the person. And even that almond flour has protein in it. Then it has protein powder. Then it has eggs in it. See how dense it is? It's like there's layers and layers of density to it. So that's what we're talking about when you're, when you're saying you need to eat a nutrient dense diet. And I, I really, I, that means that in the afternoon when you want a snack, I'm even talking about not grabbing a bowl of berries. Even though they're a good food, that wouldn't be a nutrient dense meal because it'd just be a pile of carbohydrates. Now, if you had the berries and you drizzled a bunch of flaxseed oil on it, and you sat and drank a cup of coffee with a scoop of collagen in it, suddenly you have that nutrient density so that everything that you're having is protected and that the blood sugar is not going to spike and it's not gonna collapse quickly. So ideally, we're thinking of foods that control blood sugar and foods that do not allow or create insulin sensitivity. That's what we're thinking when we're thinking nutrient density. Um, they have quality fat, quality protein, and the carbs in them convert to sugar slowly. All right, so that's what we're thinking when it comes to nutrient density. I'm sorry, one more thing. I converted a recipe all of my food. You did? Good, so good. Apple fritters and my son hadn't had them. And so I figured out how to do the protein powder, the coconut. That's good. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. I'm so proud of myself. And it, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you want something and you really want it to have that taste, we'll figure it out. You and know, I just teamwork. The, we'll all come together and make it. You know, egg white wash with the stevia. Yeah. Like yeah. He'd never had one, so like he thought it was delicious. He thought it was great. Right. To, but it's still fried real good and crisp. Yes. And, I think the egg white protein powder so, so is such a good answer you for sugar. <laughs> yeah, the, the egg white protein powder, like the vanilla egg white protein powder, it's such a good answer for sugar. It gives the texture, it creates the density in a recipe. So whenever it calls for a cup of sugar, you can just add that protein powder. And the beauty of that is you've now just added a ton of protein to whatever you're making. So it is automatically nutrient dense, right? Now there's a lot of muffins and stuff out there that are like peanut butter, banana, honey, figs, right? Yeah. And it's like, uh, that's still not great. They're all healthy options sort of, but I mean, we already know a banana's high in fructose. We already know honey's high in fructose. We already know figs are high in fructose. And then you got some peanut butter, but peanut butter converts to sugar like a bean. So really that's not a nutrient dense, food. Do you sort of feel the difference of that? Okay. I just want you guys to have a quick explanation of that. And then I want to talk a little bit about the importance of the gut environment. And I'm going to go back to Mark Hyman on that. And what prompted me to talk to you about it was a, an Instagram post and his Instagram post said, having a healthy gut means more than just being annoyed by a little bloating or heartburn. It is central to your entire health. It is connected to everything that happens in your body. I could not agree with that more. I remember having terrible digestive issues uh, from like college to like finally getting healed. You know what I mean? It, it took years to figure it out and no one ever focused on it. 
it was always take a Prilosec, take a Prevacid, take an antacid, take a uh, anything to just sort of downregulate those symptoms. I can't tell you the amount of times I've had, I bet I've had five upper GIs and then I've had one lower GI. Um, I've had CT scans of all my digestive organs. Uh, I've had uh, plenty of visits with uh, GI specialists. None of them determined I had leaky gut. And I'm not even sure that doctors own that. You know, I know that there are functional medicine doctors that do, but none of them determined that. And then when I went to see Dr. Anna Bone, and that was the, like one of the first things she said with the Hashimoto's is you have leaky gut, we have to repair your gut because with your gut not working well, you're allowing all these little, you know, uh, I guess ingredients or food particles to just be floating around in your body. And so your immune system's like, what the heck is this thing? And it attacks itself because it's like, that's a foreign intruder, you know? So then it starts attacking you and it's like, but did you really even eat that bad? You ate everything that was on the list that you're, you know, that you're not supposed to eat. And then, or you know what I mean? You ate everything you were supposed to do and you're still having an attack and you can't figure out why it was just because you have not repaired that gut. And so she put me on protocols. I mean, that were uh, relatively strict in terms of supplement protocols. I mean, I had to take a couple powders a couple times a day. I had to take multiple types of pills multiple times a day, but it worked. I mean, it really worked. She had me fast once a week for a long time, uh, just one day fast for a long time. She had um, me do bone broth on a regular basis. All these components that would work towards healing the gut. Glutamine was in high, you know, in, in, in a high amount, and it, and it really helped me. And I, when I work with people like from a brain perspective, from brain health perspective. Well, you can really tell like if they're not digesting their food well, you know, and they're having sort of chronic inflammation in the gut that is impacting their mood, their ability to control the mood, just everything. But then think about it. If you're hungry all the time. Are you actually getting all the nutrients from your food that you should? Like, are you really truly receiving what you need to? Are you getting the value from your food that you should? That could be part of your hunger as well. Your body just truly doesn't break it down efficiently. So you're honest to goodness, not even getting the nutrients that you need. So you're walking around hungry because you really only ate 50% of what you ate. You know what I'm saying? Now the bulk's still in there. So you can definitely feel heavy and inflamed from it, but you still could actually not get the vitamins and minerals that you need to from it. This was a good post that he had. It says, even in a perfect world, our gut has a hard time keeping things balanced. But in our world, there are many things that knock our digestive system off out of balance. Um, our low fiber, high sugar, processed food, nutrient poor, that's why I wanted to talk nutrient dense, high calorie diet that makes all the wrong bacteria and yeast grow in the gut, or, or they lead to a damaged ecosystem. Overuse of medications that damage our gut or block normal digestive function, things like anti-inflammatories, antibiotics, and uh, acid-blocking drugs. <laughs> like I took those because I had digestive issues. I was making the digestive issues worse. And steroids. Chronic low-grade infections or gut imbalances with an overgrowth of bacteria in the small intestine or yeast overgrowth or parasites or even a more serious gut infection. 
So something simple like having yeast overgrowth or bacteria overgrowth, which is like what we've talked about with Sophie and the stomach getting so hard and so distended. Since she was two, I took that dead serious. I saw that on her and I was like, that will cause her issues at a level that has nothing to do with a stomach ache. And you won't know it because those issues are gonna keep creeping in and you're gonna think it's because of something else. You're gonna think it's because of something else. Eczema was the next thing that came in line. Allergies was the next thing that came in line. This year at school, attention and focus is the next thing that's come in line. And it's just kind of like, okay, we got to figure this out. Like this is bacteria. This is a big deal. You don't realize how much it can impact so many other layers, the skin. I mean, your liver, so much can be impacted by it. Toxins damage the gut, such as mercury uh, or mold toxins. So just heavy metals, period. You know, thinking about your food and is it organic? I mean, are, is it sprayed with tons of pesticides? Are you taking in a lot of fish that you potentially don't really know the source? And could you be getting a lot of heavy metals that way? Lack of adequate digestive enzyme function. This is kind of like what I was just talking about, which can come from acid blocking medication um, or medication use or a zinc deficiency. Anyone in here take zinc? A little bit? Okay, I take 50 milligrams of it. Uh, years ago, I think it's been almost five years, I worked with Maria Emmerich. I don't know if you guys know who she is. She did my nutrition and she beautifully explained why you would take zinc every day. And then I did more research on it and it was like, why don't I take zinc every day? Like I should have been taking this for years. Um, I just take 50 milligrams of zinc picolinate and I buy it at O'Fallon Nutrition. Now they also have a form of zinc that is really good for your digestive tract. So if you are dealing with digestive issues, I would consider going to O'Fallon Nutrition and look, and they honestly keep it in the digestive section. They don't even keep it in the zinc section, but you can talk to them about it. I know there's a form of zinc that actually works at healing the digestive tract. Maybe consider taking that form of zinc, but it's wonderful for your immune system too. Uh, stress can alter, so a lack of adequate digestive enzyme function, all right? That can come from acid blocking medication. So if you've been in, 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 you know, on an acid blocker for a period of time, it really could have destroyed your ability to break down your food. Now, what could, what could help that? Taking digestive enzymes. When do you take them? Right before you eat. You take them right before you eat. Just like I said, Alondra and I take the betaine before we eat meat. I also take a vegetable enzyme. Right, well, so do you too, right? It's right before we eat, we take a vegetable enzyme. It's like, if you see me at a restaurant, I take two pills and I can eat and not feel like um, it's stuck right here. You know what I mean? So you it, feel bloated? You will feel bloated. You'll kind of just feel like the food is not moving. Like it truly feels stuck like a brick, you know? And, and there's just, and so yes, that does make it feel bloated, but it just also makes you feel just kind of sluggish and slowed down by it. You know, and you'll know, I mean, but it could also cause, I mean, uh, Londa, do you ever get acid reflux if it, if you feel like things don't break down? I haven't since we changed. Since we changed your food up. Yeah. Yeah. It, some people, yeah, some people will say they get acid reflux and then, you know, it's just truly because it's not getting broken down. One of my biggest concerns about food, not getting broken down 
is that you are not getting the nutrients from your food that you need to. And so it's like your body's on a hunger strike because you're thinking, right, you're thinking I'm, I, I'm taking in the food. Why am I not feeling better? But it's truly because you're not breaking it down right. Um, stress can alter the gut nervous system, um, causing leaky gut and the change uh, to the and a, and a change to that normal bacteria. Um, and those are really just basic items. One way of just trying to improve that gut health, simple way, just start taking a daily probiotic. I would be very cautious because you, you could buy them and they would have dairy in them. So you would want to kind of be cautious of the one that you would choose. Gar I do good. I was just going to say Garden of Life makes one that is dairy free and it means it's shelf stable. So it's out on the shelf. It's not in the refrigerated section. That's just safer because then we know we're not having any conflicts with the dairy because you truly could be taking that probiotic and it honestly could be prompting your body to have a response every single day that you take it. You know, so so a daily probiotic, if you're really having issues, consider loading the probiotic. And then what I mean by that is take a week, do two in the morning, two at night. It's kind of an expensive week. Do that for a week. The next week, do one in the morning, one at night. Then the third week, just do one a day. And you're kind of like overpopulating your system. Well, that really helps to break down your food better. You know, so I don't always make a person take a prebiotic because I feel like if you're eating the amount of vegetables that I would suggest you eat on a regular basis, like if you have cabbage and broccoli slaw and onions and all of these different types of vegetables, you're getting prebiotics. But if you really are not and you have a super, super limited diet, then I would take a prebiotic supplement. Do you take a prebiotic supplement? Prebiotic. I don't think you do because I mean your vegetables are so widespread that I think you're okay there. Yeah, I think I think if you truly have a a widespread diet to where you have a lot of variety, I wouldn't necessarily concern yourself with that. You get different fruits, you know, plenty of vegetables. But if you really don't, you know, maybe someone like me where I can have like five vegetables and that's it maybe a prebiotic would make sense, you know, because it could help me to better break things down too. Okay. You do. Yes. Yeah. You would do, and you would want to see the type that they would suggest at O'Fallon Nutrition and that type, they then may tell you a better time to take it. Like what would be the better solution in terms of when you would take it. And I would highly recommend giving them a call or going there for it because they're incredibly knowledgeable with that stuff. No, go ahead. I went and, and had a consultation with David. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Week, you all, if you need any help, this guy is amazing. He's just he amazing. I was trying to leave him when I didn't. Right, <laughs> right. But, you know, this no, is he, he is, though. And that's why I loved having him on the radio show for as long as, as we did, because, I mean, he's just a wealth of knowledge. And I don't even try to go there. I always just say, just go to O'Fallon Nutrition because he has trained his staff the way we have trained our staff. You know, I mean, we believe in training. We believe in structure. We believe in alignment. So we've just taught, taught, taught. He lives to to no, teach he, them. And he's not trying to sell products. No. Supplements. He literally will tell you, you don't need that. Don't right. Take that. 
right? Save you money. You don't write exactly, hey, you can buy this one a little cheaper, you know, or, you know, you could just saute onions twice a day. He would say that. You don't even have to take this. So that's why I'm always saying, just go there. You know what I mean? Because I know they'll help you. Uh, and not that Fresh Time wouldn't. I mean, they're great too, but they are not as knowledgeable as Dave and his staff. It's phenomenal. And that Amanda that works there, she's very Crazy educated. Yes. Crazy educated. I mean, like what they have, it's like, it's just crazy talent. Yeah, we're really lucky to have them. So why would we do the, the two in the morning, the two at night? one in the morning, one at night, and then one at night. Just to sort of overpopulate your system, okay. you know, and what that might do is help to create a little better environment to where as you change your food, the food will improve things and you'll start to detox a little bit. And then those good probiotics will come into that cleaned out system and it, it just really might build a more positive environment. Where like one a day, it'll help you, but it might take a little while to like really get a good build. So do we just assume most people have leaky gut because of Kind of. I mean, to some extent. If you're an American. To some extent, yeah. I mean, you know, and just like you assume pretty much everyone has a sensitivity to gluten. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it, they just do. You know, so it, what would we see, like, would we expect to see any differences or any side effects? With the probiotics? If we, yeah, if we did it There's like always the possibility that the first week you might go to the bathroom a little bit more. You know, there's always that chance. Uh, if anything, you should just feel like it helps you to break your food down better, okay. for sure. But if you have bloating every day and you wake up with bloating, meaning you haven't eaten and you're bloated, you probably have some bacteria or yeast. And you really want to treat that because those infections lead to a lot of other things. Like I said with Sophie, I mean, but it can get worse than that, you know? So, and it, there are also products that he sells that would help kill bacteria. There are products he sells that would help kill yeast. So you could even go that route with it while being on a diet that would, would not promote the growth of bacteria or would not promote the growth of yeast. Okay. So is bloating and swelling the same? Because I feel like I like I don't feel like I bloat in my stomach, but my feet, my hands, my face. Swelling can be more linked to inflammation and potentially having a histamine response. Bloating is like I've had a food, but I mean like I'm having a gas relate, you know, situation, and I mean it's like just distending, you know, and in in your it's just not breaking down. It's like you're fermenting inside there you know there's sugar maybe maybe you just had pineapple right you didn't have pineapple upside down cake you had pineapple and you thought that was okay with your green beans and with your chicken just you bring it in that belly and then the belly starts getting bigger and bigger and harder and harder and bigger and bigger and harder and harder you're just fermenting and growing more bacteria it sucks but it is really common really really common so well, cabbage is kind of that way. So like cabbage and broccoli and Brussels sprouts, you have to be kind of cautious with that. However, if you do feel that way, you might consider getting a vegetable enzyme to see if that doesn't help you break it down a little better. You know, if you're going to eat it pretty regularly, take it right before. You know, the difference between me, eat, me having one of those before I eat cabbage and me not having one of those before I eat cabbage, well, I mean, would you agree? It's pretty significant. I just feel really full and I thought, well, maybe 
maybe I'm supposed to. It's a good vegetable. I don't know. Right. I'm there's just a difference between feeling full and feeling uncomfortable. Like it's uncomfortable to bend down and touch your toes. Like that's uh, that's something not breaking down right. Yeah, when you feel like you waddle. You just it's just too uncomfortable, you know. So this is person. Do you have an autoimmune disorder? She doesn't. No. Right. So she struggles to digest things. She doesn't have an autoimmune disorder like me. You know what I mean? So she's normal. I'm not. And, and she has to take the enzymes. You know what I mean? So everyone can have an issue with their gut. You know, every single person. You know, we've just worked together for so long. I, I knew she wouldn't mind me, me saying so. All right. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about corn syrup and fatty liver. All right. If your doctor says you have high cholesterol, it's one of the things that gets on my nerves more than anything, is that, okay, stop eating eggs. It's happened to me twice this month. And I'm just always like, <laughs> I'm just like, ah. and I have to go through this whole process. Okay, I'd like for you to buy this book. Okay, I'd like for you to, I have to go through this huge process to try to get them to understand that I really, truly, wholeheartedly do not think it's the eggs that they're eating. I really think it's the fact that they went to Mexico the week before they did their blood work and they had carbs every single day and sugar and alcohol, right? I mean, it, but anyways, the high fructose corn syrup found in our processed foods is the single biggest cause of fatty liver. Soda, which uh, frighteningly is the number one source of calories in the American diet, is then the biggest cause of fatty liver. So you could have someone drinking a soda I guarantee it, and the doctor would still tell them to quit eating eggs. Granted, I don't think the doctor thinks the soda is a good idea either, but I guarantee you they'll tell them to still quit eating the eggs because they think that's what's contributing to it. If someone's dealing with high cholesterol or they're dealing with fatty liver, you always want to focus on the carbohydrates. You want to focus on the amount of fructose, meaning are they over-consuming on fruit? Are they having too much honey? Are they having too much agave? And for crying out loud, are they having too much sugar or high fructose corn syrup for sure? Now, when I talk to you about this high fructose corn syrup, I want you to think about uh, uh, expanding your mind to still think about agave, honey, too many figs, too many dates, too much sugar, too much fruit. Um, think of it kind of like that too. I know all those things are not quite as bad as high fructose corn syrup, but they could cause a similar response, all right? You may be surprised to learn that it's actually not fat that causes a fatty liver, it's sugar. I just wish he would call all the doctors in America and tell them that, right? Like, could you just start teaching them that in medical school? That would help me tremendously. That dangerous belly fat caused by the sugar and starch in your diet then creates even more problems. It causes you to have high triglycerides and a low HDL, the good cholesterol. It causes you to have small LDL, the dangerous cholesterol particles that cause heart attacks. Um, that dangerous belly fat, oh, I'm sorry. In fact, having a fatty liver puts you at great risk for having a heart attack and most people have no idea. So having a fatty liver is going to raise those uh, triglycerides. And I mean, that really puts you in a position where you're like first in line for having a heart attack. But instead, we get so focused on, okay, the LDL is a little bit too high and the HDL is a little bit too low. So let's get you on cholesterol medication, all the while 
it's really not doing a lot to lower those triglycerides. So they're on cholesterol medication. They keep eating all the carbs. They keep eating all the sugar and the LDL and the HDL start to look right. The triglycerides go down a little bit, but they don't go down enough, right? But still we're taking this medication. It starts creating other symptoms in your body and you still have a heart attack. That's exactly what happened to my dad. He was just having too much sugar. You know, he's having too many sugary things. My dad could eat five bananas in a day and think that was okay at one point in his life, right? Well, they're bananas, you know? I mean, we would go through like three bundles of bananas in a week. You can do Weight Watchers or something like that. It'll tell you it is, right? Exactly. And diet soda and slim fast drinks. That's what my dad would do, you know, but it's too much. It was just too much sugar, you know? Um, <coughs> Right. And well, it you don't. It's that they're going to cause higher cholesterol if you're over consuming and you're having a banana and you're having honey, and you're having agave. And you're on it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's a great way to gain weight. Right. Exactly. So are you saying that uh, belly fat and fatty livers like it? It's you've got one, you've got the other. Usually, usually, but not always the case. I mean, I've definitely helped several people that really didn't look like they were that terribly overweight that had a fatty liver you know right 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 because sweet tea I mean think of how much sugar you put in sweet tea like just think of the constant you know, I I know I know. Yeah. Totally. Like from a fatty liver concept, <laughs> to be able to have different numbers, you'll show something different in honestly two weeks, thirty days. I mean, really, you will, but it will show up worse after three bad meals. I mean, so if you're going to go do blood work, you need three weeks of really good, good eating. And how are they testing that and what are you looking at to see? There's several different tests. Cholesterol yeah, the cholesterol numbers, but then there's also other, there's also other blood tests that they're going to do. It's not just the cholesterol numbers, but that's often what really gets focused on the most. And so that's where the that's where the cholesterol medication gets handed out because that LDL is too high and the HDL is too low and it it becomes a let's watch how many grams of cholesterol you're taking in in a day and how much fat are you consuming but then this never gets addressed. So he says cut out all high fructose corn syrup from your diet, reduce or eliminate starch, get rid of white processed flour, improve your metabolism through exercise eat detoxifying liver repairing foods like kale, collards, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, arugula, and daikon radish. Um, if, that's pretty awesome advice. Yeah, I mean, that's what we've kind of talked about is just the impact certain vegetables can have on you. Kale, collards, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, arugula, and radish. Da daikon, radish, arugula, right? Kind of just like pepper, doesn't it? Right. 
Yeah, because in the spring mix, it's kind of in there, yeah. and it's that one where you're like, yeah. <laughs> I, I know I don't really care for it myself. Yeah. You don't actually talk a whole lot about kale. That's what I've noticed. Like, I don't dislike it at all. I mean, I think it's great for you. Yeah, I think it's great for you. I just pulled out cabbage because I think if I did an article on kale, everyone would expect that. I liked to pull out well, did you know cabbage does this for you? Because I wanted you to, to grow into thinking that there are probably so many foods that could heal me right now that I'm not, I don't even realize it. And I want you to think about food as having the ability to do that. I think we all know kale will, but half of us hate it, you know, and we're not going to eat it. But cabbage is a little bit softer. You can doctor it up a little bit. You can do some things to it. You can kind of get away with it with some people. You know, like trying to get John to eat kale, it's not going to happen. It, it is, you know. I mean, I, it really does. And it feels like it's in your mouth, like the grass is in your mouth, you know. But I, but there's ways you can make it that makes it taste a little better. And it's, I think it was a Mark Hyman recipe. Yeah, there's ways. There's definitely ways. But then the cabbage is just sort of a... A way into it you know a little bit differently so the reason why i wanted to bring this up is because i wanted you to realize that there's more to having high cholesterol we've talked about this before and there's more to fatty liver than just uh alcohol of course and then also than just eating too much fat on a regular basis there is a really great book uh by jimmy moore that's called cholesterol clarity and it is in excellent book he does a great job it's the first book that i tell the person to read when they tell me that their doctor said not to eat eggs anymore you know you bet absolutely that would be a great book for him to read oh yeah oh yeah and and it's on Audible too, so you could you could download it. It's on Audible as well. So Jimmy Moore, uh, Cholesterol Clarity. That's that's a great book, just about understanding cholesterol. I explain. Or I also mentioned this book to you guys a couple weeks ago. Dave Asprey, Headstrong. That's a really good one. That would be a great one for him to read. One other one from him that I've been listening to, uh, Dave Asprey. It's A S P R E Y. Is superhuman. And it's the bulletproof plan to age backward and maybe even live forever. And he really just does a good job of breaking very basic baseline things down like cholesterol and just helping you to understand that it's not all about the fat that you're consuming, you know, and it, it does for sure. And it's very similar to what I've taught you, you know, I mean, it's very Mediterranean based. Okay. Now, a final, I, instead of going into Jocko's book, I went into a different book for you guys today. Um, I don't know if you've ever read this book, but if you haven't, I would highly recommend it. It has nothing to do with uh, health or exercise. It's called The Go-Giver. Have you guys ever heard of it? Oh, you really should read it. If you, uh, it's more, it's, it's more um, business-based, but I always tend to take those and relate them to food and relate those same principles uh, to how we can manage our health and how we can manage our food. But The Go-Giver is an excellent book. After I read it, I bought it for multiple people because it, it's just such good messages. Um, the five laws of success that come from the book, The Go-Giver. 
Uh, the first one is the law of value. And I'm gonna share this with you guys on the, on the uh, group page so that you guys will have it. And the law of value is that your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. So I have that on my computer behind me because every day I turn around and I try to remind myself, I have to make sure that I've given more value than what I've taken in today. Now, here's where how I'm gonna relate that to you and your health. Your, your true ability to be healthy is going to be determined on how much you value yourself, okay? And your willingness to create further value by creating the discipline to stay well and making the right choices to keep you on the right path of feeling great. But the first thing I said was, how much do you value yourself? If you value yourself, then you want to take care of yourself. You want to make good choices. You want to stay on track. You want to get your shopping done for the week. You want to get your food prepared. You want to stop by Pure Plates. You take the time. You take the time to do it because you value yourself, but you're only going to get what you put in. But if you put in more than what you're paying for, then you're going to reap the benefits from it. You know, I mean, if, if I go ahead and do the sea salt and then I do my water and then I do the brain octane oil and then I, you know, and then I go ahead and get all organic stuff, I'm benefiting from all of these things. It's all adding up. And I'm like, my cups runneth over at the end of the day because I'm really valuing myself and I'm putting myself first and I'm saying to myself, hey, if I go this far, I'll get this far and I'll get this much in return. I'll feel great from it. Now, from running a business, that's a great perspective too, though. You know, the fact that, you know, you, you give more than what you're taking. And as an employee, I've always thought that way. I've always given more hours than what I was paid for, you know, always. Uh, the law of compensation. Your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So... People often will say eating healthy is very expensive and I just can't do it. But the problem is, is that what are you serving with your money? Okay, what do you spend your money on? What have you made the priority? What have you made a priority? All right, sure you don't think you can afford to go to Whole Foods, but could you afford to go to Aldi? There's tons of stuff at Aldi that are healthy, right? There's tons of stuff at Costco right now that are healthy. You have options, but what are you serving with your money? Maybe you're serving a car and a car payment instead of getting yourself off of cholesterol medication, instead of getting yourself off high blood pressure medication, instead of losing the weight that you know you need to lose. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you're serving buying a new handbag. You're serving going shopping once a month. You know, it, but yet at the same time, you'll say, I can't buy that food, it's too expensive. You know, and yet you'll go out to eat for lunch every day of the week. So all I'm asking is, so your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So your ability to be healthy can be determined by what you're serving with your money. So if you're willing to take, to set the discipline, all of you did with this, right? $185 a month, every single month for six months. And guess what? 
that's going to reap a harvest in your life. You guys have learned so many different things that you're going to take with you and you're going to be better because of it. There were other things you could have spent the $185 on. There was plenty of other things, but you chose to serve this and now you're going to really reap the, the benefit of that seed that you planted. So just think to yourself, what am I serving with my money? You know, okay. The law of influence, your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interest first. So this is how I've always thought about what, this is what we were talking about before we started to record. Um, I have always thought, how can I share the love of God with people without making them feel like I'm a minister? And like I'm preaching to them every day. Like, how can I be a, a good witness for uh, Christianity or just for faith in general uh, without being preachy? And then probably like 10 years into my career, it was like, I'm going to stop thinking about this. And I'm just going to start being, I'm just going to start being led by the Holy Spirit and just speaking when I feel like I need to speak. Right. So the law of influence for me is if I'm living a healthy life in front of other people, I know at some point I'm going to impact someone to want to live a healthy life. The same way we talked about before we started. If I'm living my faith out loud and I'm truly serving God in all that I do it, within my business, I'm committed to it. When someone really needs something, they reach out to me. You know, if their mother's in the hospital, if they're in a financial crisis, uh, if they're going through a divorce, I get those phone calls and I pray with those people. They just know me as someone who stands for that. But if someone's in a health crisis, they know I stand for health too. So if you are finding your focus and you're staying true to your focus and you're staying clean and you're staying healthy and you're staying balanced, I'm telling you, your family members are going to be impacted by it at some point. You will be contagious to them, your coworkers. I, just everyone that you encounter is going to be impacted by it. We cannot go to a restaurant where we don't end up getting to know half of the people at the restaurant because they want to know why we order what we order. We immediately have to tell them, well, we own a gym and we do nutrition and I have this thing. And then next thing you know, waitress from over here comes over. I heard you guys own a gym. And then I, I have this and my daughter has that. Before we know it, just because I ordered, you know, asparagus and a hamburger with no bun, we we literally know 25% of the people in the place. And you know what it does, though, is it kind of almost sets John's spirit a little bit differently, too. You know, if he wanted to, he could probably have something a little different than me. He kind of doesn't because he feels like he's, you know, also representing and he wants those people to see health in him, too. You know, so he has two hamburgers with no bun. Do you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, whatever it is he has for his side. But understand that your influence, I mean, it's part of the, of the call that God has for you. You know, your health and you taking care of yourself, it's part of your ministry. It's part of how you shine to people. You know, and you, them seeing you come in here and work out regularly, it shows them. Me watching my dad work out all those years growing up, it showed me. This is part of your life. You find a way to fit it in because he always did. And he had three kids. That's what you do, right? I watched it. Well, be that for someone. 
And maybe you weren't that for your kids when they were young, but I'm telling you right now, you can be it for them now. And they're old enough to where they'll witness the transition. I mean, your kids have to be like, wow, mom, you know, you look awesome. You know, you're like, you are really. Right. Right. I know. I loved it. But you, you know, and that's the thing. Misty's young little daughter. I mean, she wants to come in here and work out. She wants to personal train people just watching. Sophie stayed last night and worked out with Chase for an hour and they ran around the gym and did all kinds of, she couldn't wait. She was like sitting there excited half the night to come up here and do it. They, other kids that don't see that, they don't know to crave that because they don't even know it exists. So that influence is massive. You could just change people's lives with that. I'll tell you this story, um, which to some extent uh, seems simple, but one of the um, one of the daughters of our pastor at our church was going through a lot of health issues. It was pretty extreme, major, major hives. I mean, really extreme. She gained a lot of weight and inflammation, not a little, a lot. Like what would take some people a year to lose. And she had never been overweight in her life. It was extreme. They put her on lots of different steroids. They could not figure out what was wrong with her. So she came to me for food and I felt it. I saw her preach one day and I knew in my heart that I was supposed to help her, but I am not the kind of person that just walks up to someone and tries to sell myself. I just wait. I know God will align it. And he did. And I helped her with the nutrition. She's down 70 pounds. And she just looks like a rock star. She looks amazing. And so now she can't go anywhere. And it's honestly like I had to navigate her through it. She cannot go anywhere without having to answer someone a, a question to someone like, what did you do? Who did you go to? What are you eating? Help me. I have this disease. I have that disease. I need your help. Like when she's like, I didn't do any of this. I just did what I was told. You know, you, you, I don't do this for a living. You know, don't ask me what I eat. You hire the person. You know what I mean? Now she referred someone to me and that person was on a list of medications this long. And I mean, it was intense and meeting with that person, all I could do was pray and believe that God would work through me, you know? And so after three weeks, insulin was removed just removed actually it was after two weeks but we met in three weeks okay after six weeks he was taken off his diuretic so didn't have to be on a diuretic anymore after nine weeks his steroid had been cut in half and now he's at not even at the 12 week mark he's at the 10 week mark and they sent a message last night and there were seven medications that were either completely removed or taken down to like a 25%. Now, why am I telling you that? It's because he watched her and he saw her life change. Not because she went on like biggest loser contest, right? It had nothing to do with her physique. It had nothing to do with looking good in a swimsuit. It had everything to do with just, I, I mean, I'm sick, I'm not okay. Something is very wrong, I can't figure it out. And food changed everything. It just changed everything. And so he saw that. Now, I don't know if this guy would have made it if he, wouldn't have, if he wouldn't have changed his food. And I don't want to claim that for him, but he was headed down a really bad path and he was trying. He had been 
a lot of places. So it wasn't like the guy wasn't trying, but food was never part of it. And his doctor has been so supportive of him. I could not believe how supportive she's been. But I, what I'm trying to tell you is this person's life just saved this person's life. And it's like, you guys all hold that. You really do. So I look at that like, you know. Do you work with a lot of people? So like I have a friend who had to have a kidney transplant and then they had to go in and they had to go in a second time and remove because I guess when they give you a transplant, they leave your old organs in. They just disconnect them, but hers were badly. So they had to go, yeah, it's the, it's the standard. They just disconnect them and put the new ones in. But hers were so bad, they had to do a second one and she's gained so much weight, but when you look at it, it's all, like, she just looks swollen. She doesn't yeah. look like it's body weight. You all know, you, like all you do like is just approach it from an anti-inflammatory perspective. so stretched. So you work with... I just work with everybody, but you like, know? And all I, I, I do... What, I know she takes a ton of steroids. All I do is take an anti-inflammatory approach to it. So you wouldn't tell her she'd stop taking any medication? I can't. I mean, okay. I just can't, legally can't. Just like I couldn't him. Okay. You know, but one day he felt hyper weak and I said, you need to call your doctor, go get your blood pressure checked three times. He did, he was crazy low. I said, you need to call your doctor. That's how he got taken off the diuretic. Now he's taken off the blood pressure medication. You know, I mean, the food just, it does amazing things. It's not me, it's the food, you know? So I stress that so much because again, your pastor stands up there and he tries to teach you how to go out and minister, right? <laughs> You guys are ministers to this, you know, just in living your life in front of other people. Now, the law of authenticity, authenticity, auth, I cannot say that. Okay, <laughs> the law of being authentic. Um, the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. And so the way I'm going to connect that with food is if you are so bogged down by garbage food, you are not yourself and you're not offering that to anyone. You're not offering it to your husband. You're not offering it to your kids. You're not offering it to your coworkers. You're not offering it to your boss. I watch it. I've watched it over the years. I have great employees that I really like, but they don't take care of themselves. And it impacts my business, you know? And I, I trust them with you, right? You come in, you pay. I look at them like, that person is very important to me. You're responsible for them. That means you come in at your best every day because they are paying a lot of money to be with you. You don't ever come in hungover. You don't ever come in feeling like garbage. You could be hungover from food. You don't do that because they are so precious and important. You have to be able to take care of them. Well, it'd be no different than a doctor. He needs to be on top of his game, right? A surgeon. Think of all the people. School bus driver, just as important. What if he's fogged and it's raining and he runs off the road, you know? You're, the law of being authentic, the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. If you're not taking care of yourself, you'll never be your true self. And then you go through the rest of your life kind of never really knowing who your true self is because you're always so fogged out by all the garbage that you take in. So for any reason, if for no other reason, fight. Fight to be who you want to be. Fight to live who we, the life you want to live and the way to do that is by staying balanced in your brain and the way to stay balanced in your brain is by staying balanced in your nutrients we've already talked about that so i've taken this whole business book and converted it to food and then the last one is um 
the law of receiving. So the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving, all right? And I, I do believe that, um, I do believe in that very much. So I've always been a great giver and I've been a terrible receiver. So when someone tries to give me a gift, I'm always like, oh gosh, you don't have to do that. You know what I mean? And God's sitting up there like, I literally just handed that to you. Like that was me. And you're, you're, you're turning it down. And yet last night you prayed for favor. I, I rained it down and, and you were like, no, I can't take that. Thank you. And that is so me. And then I'll be like, dang it. I knew that was God, right? I should have just like took it, you know, but the thing is, is that, and again, this is somewhat difficult to relate it to food and I'm not going to try. However, I do know that when you have a giving spirit and when you have a positive spirit, it really can change so much and it keeps your focus out of, uh, the enemy and all of his attacks, you know, and the enemy will use ice cream. The enemy will use cake. The enemy will use pizza. It'll use anything to fog you down, anything to keep you from being your best. He knows you're going to do a presentation. He knows you're going to be in front of a lot of people. He knows you need to feel good and he will put what he needs to put in front of it. But if you can have that spirit of giving, you can have that spirit of positivity. It changes so much. I'll tell one more short story and then I'll be done. But I have another client that has a grandma. Well, she was telling me a story about her friend's grandma who is 96 and she spends half of the year in Mexico. She lives with friends and then she travels the United States the other half of the year and goes from like different sections of the United States. She travels by herself. She doesn't have an entourage like she doesn't. She just takes care of herself and she's 96. And so the granddaughter said, Grandma, would you make me a list of 20 things that have helped to keep you young? Because you are remarkable. Like you are not, this isn't normal. And one of the things that she said she did was that she meditated every day, but she was like, people don't know what they really are even supposed to do when they meditate. So they're just sitting there and improving their circulation, which is great. And we want to do that. She said what she would do, and she was a strong Christian, is she would imagine herself being poured like someone pouring a uh, liquid gold all over her body and she would watch it pour from her head all the way down to her toes and so she would be able to see herself as the most luxurious the most just the most beautiful version of herself and she you knows she's 96 so maybe gold is like a thing you know where we we would probably not even buy anything gold i don't know you know what i mean but she sees that as like beautiful that she's coated in gold so then she would go from that meditation to like a book of algorithms where she would say you know i am a child of god i am whole i can do all things through christ who strengthens me and she would just repeat this po these positive beliefs. And that's how she would set, before she'd set her feet on the ground, that's how she'd set her day. And it's just so easy. And she says she has a sister that's like four years younger than her. And all she talks about is everything that hurts and all of her medication. And that she can't travel because she's too sick and she's too restricted and just those types of things. And she said she truly feels like a big part of why she is as well as she is and she can do the things she does is because she just doesn't sit around and talk about how bad things are every day. She always finds the good. 
So I'm just like having that spirit of giving and, and knowing that God will end up giving back because you're giving um, versus being like, well, you know, versus being stingy. Okay. We're having just that genuine positive thinking, even when it's hard and even you have to muster up the courage to even get out of bed. But if you have to repeat an algorithm and read it off of a paper that you are a champion, that you are, you are possible, you know, you, anything is possible, then read it. Or if you have to record yourself saying it, then record it and listen to it on the way to work, you know, whatever you need to do, but get out of the defeated thinking, just get out of it. And I try so hard to not put it on my kid. And I try so hard to not put it on my husband. You know, if I'm down, if I'm stressed, if I'm worried, I will have a moment. And it's usually like once every 45 days where all of a sudden I'll just be like, Pow! and I'll just throw all of it, the whole list of things. And then, uh, you know, John tends to be more like, Oh, like he, he actually will get mad about something where I'm super relaxed. But in that moment, it's an amazing thing. He becomes this calm person and he's like, well, maybe you could go about it this way and it would be okay. And then I'm always just looking at him like, this is the day I want you to get mad with me. Like, can't you get mad with me? You know, and, and he's like, oh, you know, he tries to find the bright side of it. And I'm always like, no, this is not good. You know, and then I'm like, Thank you for doing that. You know, I'm sure it probably took a lot for him to do that, you know, because it's what I needed to hear. That's what we need to be for our families too. You know, when they are down in the dumps and where they're telling you all the bad, even though it's not what they want to hear, give them good, you know, give them good. Well, thank God you're able to get out of bed today because I love you and I'm so glad I get to see you. I know you feel like dirt, but boy, I'm glad I get to see you today. Give them good back, you know, but for yourself, you know, valuing yourself. Remember, you got to start your day with something different. You really do. You've got to find a way to say, my health is important. I am going to be healthy. I'm going to be well. Today is a day that I'm going to change someone's life. Today is a day that I'm going to do exactly what God's called me to do. And no matter what comes at me, he's going to give me exactly what I need to be able to get through it. I have this one client that prays through the leg press. She'll be like, God has made me mighty. He's given me all I need. And I'm always just like built up by it. You know, I'm like, yeah, and we get done with this. She gets through it, you know, but imagine if we all talk to ourselves like that, but we don't, we get like cycled. Mine and, is more like, dear God, help me. Right? <laughs> On the leg press. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just watch the cycles, you know, that you allow yourself to get in is, is kind of all I'm saying there. Because th that stress is just as much of a health concern as the bad food. It really, really is. It can cause so much damage if you're just constantly chronically in worry, constantly chronically in concern. And last thing, when you're praying, uh, consider acting as if you've received what you're praying for. So thank you, God, for your healing power. Thank you, God, for the financial breakthrough. Thank you, God, for the restoration in my marriage. Thank you, God, for my children's salvation. Thank you, you know, just instead of just throwing us out there because it changes your perspective, right? And it's like there's hope because you're, you're in a spirit of thankfulness instead of like, 
dear God, please don't let this fail. I'm, I'm coming to you. I'm believing in you. And that's okay too. You can pray that way. He hears those, but I'm just saying on a daily basis, consider it. Consider just saying, you know, thank you, God. I know you're my healer. You know what I mean? I know your hands on me. Thank you, God. I know you're my provider. I know provision is coming. And maybe you read scripture and you pray scripture out loud. You know, consider that. Consider this a spirit of thankfulness, right? Instead of a spirit of fear, even though the mountain is high in front of you, you know, just believe God for the breakthrough. But it's called the go-giver. I really think you'd enjoy it. Even though it's it's business focused, I think you'll enjoy it. And the thing is, is it's like that big. It's a super quick read. I guarantee you, if you read it, you'll buy it for someone. It's that kind of book. You'll say, oh, you know, so-and-so that owns that business would really benefit from this, this book. So, and I tell you, if you know anyone that are uh, independent like we are, you know, um, these those types of books are what get you out of bed the next day you know because they're like we can do it you know what i mean we can do it kind of thing so well i will see you all yeah